Hello, and welcome to the Mental Health Crossroads podcast, where we explore the intersection of mental health and developmental disabilities. This week, we caught up with Destiny Watkins. Destiny is a self-advocate who lives in Washington State. You might recognize their name from a previous group interview that we did with them. They are part of the Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities Research Partnership, also known as the IDDMH Partnership. That episode is linked below. So I'm here talking with Destiny Watkins, who was a previous guest on one of our podcasts with Jessica Kramer and Micah Peace and Janet Schaus. And we wanted to check in with Destiny since a lot has happened and a lot has changed since the last time we talked, I think last time in, in February or so. So Destiny, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Jeff. I was just going to say it's great to be back on here and, and talk to you again and talk to everybody else that listens. Well, I appreciate you making time. And, you know, we wanted to just check in with some of our previous podcast guests and, and see how you're doing since we last talked. Obviously, there's a global pandemic, which was not part of our conversation last time. Um, so how are you doing? And what have you been busy doing since we last talked? Um, well, I've, I stay pretty busy with my advocacy groups that I'm involved. Um, yeah, it's a little bit more challenging um, just doing a lot of it from home um, and trying to work with everybody's schedule because of working from home and, you know, people with kids and, you know, sometimes I babysit. And so it's just like, how are we shoveling this all around and um, picking it up and dealing with it? It's just taking one step at a time. And um, yeah, it's been kind of crazy and I've been I'm making do. I, I guess I could be doing better, I feel, but um, dealing with the lack of sleep on trying to keep up with all this stuff is kind of getting to me, but I'm, it's happening. I'm getting there. So. So it sounds like you're, you're still connecting with other self-advocates and whatnot. Um, yeah. How has your kind of day-to-day -day world changed with this, with this pandemic? You kind of mentioned a few things, but how, well, how, let's start with how are your friends doing? How are, how are you kind of supporting each other? What's kind of the conversation with your friends? Um, well, it's kind of weird, but we do a lot of video chat and like, we'll be playing video games or something over video. Like they'll be on their game system. I'll be on mine. And then, you know, we'll do online, but we'll keep the line open and we'll support each other that way and just hang out virtually. Um, Sometimes it's just like, <laughs> it's so challenging, but we'll try and start a movie and we have to start at the exact same time and be there by video. And so we can chat back and forth on the open video. And sometimes it's challenging because you can't always get it at the exact same time. And we're like, okay, we gotta restart. We gotta restart each time because we always hit it one second too early. And then it's like the other person hears before and then it echoes and Oh, it's a nightmare mask, but <laughs> we're making do. It's funny because we used to worry about people spending too much time playing games online. And now that's like the way that we connect. Yeah. I mean, I never used to play this much video games either. I'm more outdoors. I like to be active playing, you know, wheelchair basketball or sled hockey. Um, it's all adaptive sports for people in wheelchairs. Um, or some sort of physical disability. And so not having that, it's been really hard or just going to the park and doing photography stuff like 
being isolated has been very hard for me to stay active on top of everything else. And so I'm like, why not? I guess it won't kill me that much to, you know, play more video games or work out in my living room with my weights and stuff. But I mean, you got to do what you got to do to stay active and busy. And we all, you know, my friends, we do video a lot. So we'll be working out together over video and it's just crazy. I mean, it, it's definitely a challenge, especially when video chat goes down and has an error or an update and it's like, huh, there's more anxiety because it's like we have this plan, we were looking forward to it and that's our only connection and then we can't even get it to work. So, yeah. And so you're, I think you're up in the Washington and state area. Uh, how, how kind of more, it sounds like you had a very active, you know, lifestyle being out and around people. And yeah. so what's your current situation as far as like the self-isolation and quarantine stuff? Are you, are you getting out at all? Are you staying pretty, pretty close to home? What's your thoughts there? Um, well, I'm actually, I'm, I'm right next to Washington. I'm in Idaho in a small little town, Post Falls. And Oh, that's right. Um, I kept thinking you were from Spokane, but I, I, because my friend's from Post Falls, so you're in Post Falls. Mm-hmm. I was actually born in Spokane, Washington, but um, we're now just opening up in different phases as a trial, but um, staying isolated just because of my health issues um, is has been the best for me. I mean, not mentally, but physically and, and being healthy is my biggest concern. Um, with all these people that are out still, I see a lot of cars, even though it's like, we're supposed to stay at home. Um, I know there was like one or two times I went to the store for like groceries and that was a whole nightmare and a half. Um, they made, you know, some stores were like open for disability people, like early, early in the morning, like seven o'clock or six o'clock in the morning. And so then I had to find a ride, you know, it's really hard with not having a caregiver or um, transportation that I usually use every day for wheelchair accessibility or help. Um, It's been just me solo. And so I'm struggling, but I'm, I'm just taking it one step at a time. And if I can get these accomplished, great. If not, I try to just let it go. It is what it is. And You know, when I went to the store and I was just like, oh, I don't want to go all the way to the next aisle just to loop around because they have these little stickers on the floor over here and it says enter exit. And I'm like, I'm in a chair. I am not going all the way over there just to loop around to grab this one item. If you've got an issue, stay six feet apart and just be patient. Like I was not wanting to go all the way around trying to push a grocery cart in a manual wheelchair because my power chair doesn't fit in any vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, you know, that's a, another level that a lot of people don't have to, to think about as they go get yeah. their groceries. Um, I'm wondering, so do you use paratransit regularly or were you using paratransit regularly before this? Is, or do you drive yourself with your manual chair places? How do you get around most of the time so, before, before the pandemic? I relied on a personal care assistant 
and mm -hmm. I don't drive. I've never had a license. Um, okay. I was, I just made it work. You know, I used our city transport and um, everything has been like shut down or uh, because of the schools, my caregiver, she's a single mom and she had mm -hmm. to quit because she has to homeschool her daughter now. And so I've been, I lost all my help, all my support. And I'm like, okay, I have my cat. She's motivational. My cat is not normal. She acts like she is a drill sergeant and the queen of the house. She's very demanding. Um, <laughs> so usually if she, we're on a routine every day and I'm like so tired, I don't want to get out of bed and I just want to play video games or watch TV or something. I just want to stay in bed. Well, my cat's like, no, you're getting up, you're getting in your chair and you're coming out into the living room at least. <laughs> and she'll sit and meow or she'll like paw at you when she wants attention with her paw. And I'm like, all right, I guess I need to get in my wheelchair and go out in the living room at least. So it's been kind of nice to have a pet that's on a routine schedule with me and that we're we're a really good bond for each other um she's helped me a lot i mean right now i'm really thankful i have a pet that's supporting me through this whole COVID 19 um just because of the isolation and struggling to you know socialize with somebody i mean they're happy animals they're just thankful every day yeah, that's really great. I, I know, you know, pets are such a big part of supporting uh, a lot of our well-being. And I'm glad that you have your cat there. What's your cat's name? Her name is Miss Kitty. Is what Kitty? I call. Yeah, that's what I call her. Um, but her name is Gladys when I adopted her from a homeless shelter. And how long have you two been together that way? I've had her for a good two years now. And I got her when she was about one years old. Well, that's great. So she's about three, three, four years old? About three, yeah. So, so you said a couple of things I wanted to follow up on. One was, um, you know, you made this comment, and I, I'm in a similar situation. I have some underlying health conditions. So trying to stay physically healthy has kind of been the top priority. So I've certainly been very conservative and, and really haven't left to go any place with any other people. Um, I'm home with my family, so I've got some other human beings to interact with, but yeah, I'm not going out and, and doing things that I would typically do, but it's that interesting trade-off, right? Between trying to stay physically healthy and the impact that that can have on your mental health when it isolates you. To stay physically healthy, you have to avoid a lot of things that keep you mentally health healthy. Yeah. Um, so that's the challenge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the thoughts, you know, I know you're connecting with some friends online and whatnot. Do you have folks mm -hmm. that are checking in with you? Or are there folks that you kind of regularly check in on and just see how they're doing if they're in a similar situation? Um, yeah, we use a lot of like social media, but um, usually my uh, acquaintances and friends, they already share everything on social media. So it's just like, we can check on each other that way. Um, we, when we do like our videos and stuff like that, we'll talk and make sure we're all doing better or, you know, how can we help each other out? Um, just that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously it's really challenging to 
you know, cook a meal for somebody and deliver it. Um, but there has been times where they've helped me out because I've struggled and I'm like, oh, I don't want to cook tonight. But um, then there's other times where it's just like they need help with paperwork or organization and they're just getting frustrated. And so we'll do like a video and um, they'll just be like the robot and I'll help them organize so they don't have to use their mind. And uh, it just kind of helped us balance each other out because our minds are so tunnel vision, just looking at the walls and stuff like that. So it's been like really hard, but we're, we're making do, um, checking in with each other, seeing what we can do to help each other out. Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, just even some of those online check-ins on a regular basis can be a, can be a big deal for, for everybody involved. Um, I was talking to my friend, Justin, who lives in a group home situation and his situation with staffing, they've, they've definitely um, had less staff available um, to assist him and, and the staff that do come in kind of assist when they absolutely have to. And the rest of the time kind of keep their, their distance again, to protect uh, his health, his physical health, as well as their physical health. But that's, that's taking an emotional toll on him as well. And he talked about, you know, just the lack of um, physical contact that he's used to having with people and, you know, even fist bumps and hugs and things like that, where um, he's feeling fairly isolated right now. And, and, you know, I think Micah was talking about how more people that haven't had to experience that are suddenly getting a small taste uh, of what people with different disabilities have kind of dealt with for their whole lives. Yeah. Um, as far as challenges with accessing things and, and other stuff. So I'm curious, you know, with your caregiver situation, so are you just making do? Are there, is there, an, uh, are you thinking about trying to find somebody else you could hire in the meantime, or are you just going to ride this out? What's kind of the plan there? Well, I, I do have um, ads out and I've been looking, but at this point, I'm not sure where we're gonna go with this just because of this whole virus. And I mean, our, our area is doing phases to um, open up the city. And mm-hmm. so I'm just kind of staying back, trying to you know assess you know how this is gonna happen. You know, if more people get sick, then I'm just gonna have to try and ride it out the best I can. Um, I have been staying really good connection with my doctor over the phone or video um, mm-hmm. and and just kind of going from there I mean trying to be positive through this whole thing has been really hard um, the only good positive things so far that I've you know thought about was when I went to the store um, people don't force their help on you and treat you like you're an invalid when you're in a wheelchair so that's kind of what I I say in my mind when I'm going grocery shopping because that's always been my biggest challenge when I'm by myself in a wheelchair, people want to force their help or try and come up behind you and push you. And it's like, sweet, they're not forcing their help on me, even though I, I don't need it. Like if I do, there's workers, you know, that are safe and, you know, they're using protection and I'm using it. So it's like, I, I try to avoid it if possible um, and just kind of think, well, is it a necessity? Like, can I just go without? you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's, it's been definitely challenging to be positive through this whole thing. That's for yeah, sure. Abso- 
Absolutely. And it sounds like it's been quite a significant challenge. I mean, to lose a, a personal care attendant that you're used to working with and, and uh, the grocery shop, that's a really interesting perspective, Destiny, that before this all happened, people would kind of, you know, just kind of get into your personal space and force their help on you unwanted. And now because mm-hmm. everybody's trying to keep their space, you actually have a little bit more, ironically, freedom uh, to move around without people forcing themselves to help and get into your personal space. But at the same mm-hmm. time, the trade-off is this whole quarantine thing. Um, yeah. I just yeah, kind of so, thought it was funny just to think about it. Um, when I'd go to the store, I'm just like, I'm not struggling more with communicating with others to like ex- respect my boundaries. You know, I got mm-hmm. this, like, I'm okay. Thank you. And they'll just still force their help on me. And it's like, thanks, you just put it in my grocery cart where I physically can't reach it now. That's brilliant. I said no. Now I got to ask a worker to grab that for me. Like, now I don't have to, like, fight with anybody, but it's just like, well, I mean, I got more freedom here. Now I can actually take my time and I'm not being rushed and it's not going to hurt me physically by trying to rush anymore. I can take my time, think about things, you know, it gives me time to sit there in my wheelchair and breathe if I need to, to calm myself down, just, you know, having patience and not being forced to just get through things and people cutting you off. And I mean, that's the only positive thing out of this whole thing when I go out and about to like the grocery store when necessary. Yeah, that's, and, and, you know, but that skill of looking for a silver lining, if one can be found. And I think that's fantastic that you found like this, this kind of silver lining that makes you kind of laugh. Like, Oh my gosh, this is so bizarre that in this situation, I actually have this more freedom, but everything else is more complicated. So uh, how are you kind of getting groceries and stuff these days? Are you able to get them delivered or is somebody bringing them in or what's going on there? Um, Sometimes I can get them delivered online, but there's some stuff like the uh, website says in-store only, and so we have to go to the store. Um, So that's been the challenge, but usually I just put them in my bags and either I'll set them in my lap or um, I'll put them in my backpack on the back of my wheelchair or, you know, just kind of doing what I can and I mean, it's, it's a challenge, that's for sure. But I mean, I'm making do with what I can. Yeah. So, do you, so do you have family that's closer by that's um, interacting with you a little bit more than they would if you had your personal attendant? No, I don't have family. It's just okay. me and my cat. So yeah, so you're, you're really being independent. <laughs> this is the yeah, you're, you're no being independence. independent and you're, you're navigating this and um Wow, that's a that's a lot to deal with though, for sure. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's overwhelming, that's for sure. I mean, I am thankful for like, you know, the crisis lines that are available that, you know, can help you if you need to call and talk to somebody when you're feeling overwhelmed about the COVID-19. I will say I, I did call once um, mm-hmm. when this first started and I found out I was losing my whole support. And I panicked and I'm like, oh boy, I don't think I can do this. But, you know, it just took that one phone call and they talked me through everything and 
we figured it out and I've been doing it now. I got past that first lump of anxiety and here I am today. It's, you know, it feels like it's halfway over. Yeah, here you are talking to us and, and I'm so grateful to just hear this part of your story. We, Alex and I um, were thinking of all of the folks that we'd interviewed recently and, and really wanted to, to check in, you know, both on a, very, on a personal level to say, hey, how are you doing? And also like, if there's a way we can record some of this and it could benefit other people, um, maybe we could do that. And so even just you talking about this crisis line is something that we're going to want to make sure people know about. And I'm curious if you know that if that's a kind of an Idaho specific number, I'm assuming there's probably some, some things available in every state, but how did you, how did you find out about this crisis line? Cause that'd be important for other people to know. I actually, I Googled it. I love Google. Anytime I don't know anything or can't figure something out, I ask Google. I know a lot of people say, don't go to Google. Google internet is just bad for information. And actually I see it in a different perspective. Like, Growing up with a disability, I struggled with reading and writing. I asked Google how to spell a word. It tells me. If I don't know a word, I will spell the word to Google and Google will tell me how to pronounce it. That helped me so much growing up. So I asked Google who I could talk to about COVID-19 when having a panic attack and it actually pulled up a bunch of numbers and I just called and if they didn't couldn't help me. I asked if they could um, help me find out a number that I could call and talk to. And eventually I got a number and I talked to somebody and that's how I did it. <laughs> I'm so glad that you um, were persistent until you found somebody that could kind of help you with that. And so, I mean, not to get too personal, but like was that a long phone call? Was it a short phone call? What, what kind of some of the things that they said that maybe helped you that others might need to hear? Um, it was a pretty decent phone call. It was at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And I just kind of talked a little bit about everything that was going on and how overwhelmed I was with losing all of my support. And uh, they actually gave me some resources I didn't even think about for after you know, the whole COVID-19 calms down that I could reach out to because on top of everything else, I had my power chair break down on me. Mm. So I went without my power chair for a, a, a little while until my tech person could come out and fix it. But that was a big obstacle. And I mean, the limit of contact and stuff like that was, it was really concerning but I mean, we used protection, hand sanitizer, face mask, and kind of stayed at a distance when talking and um, that kind of stuff. So, and I was transferred out of my chair. So when they came in, I had it ready for them. They could stay at a distance to look at it and figure it out. And they changed my batteries and that was that. But it, I mean, for a couple of days, I went without it. And I, I mean, it, that was the icing of the cake for me. I was just like, okay, can't do this. I have a shoulder injury that I've had for a couple of years now. So I'm like, no personal care attendant, lost all my support. You know, I was just like really overwhelmed with life in general at this point. And um, I got some information that 
I didn't even think about using, um, it was the United Way. I had no idea they existed and that they help all over the state of donations. So I was like, great, maybe they can help me with a wheelchair or something like a manual because my manual chair is kind of old anyways and falling apart. But I was thankful I had it for when my power chair broke down because I have no supports. <laughs> so, I mean, now I can prioritize and plan things a little bit better knowing that there's actually alternatives out there in this world that actually can help you still. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that you found some resources that have been helpful to you and, you know, connecting to other people. I'm glad that you have kind of the online connections through social media and others and, you know, playing video games online, watching the movies online. I'm glad you have that contact. I'm really glad that you have, you know, Miss Kitty there with you as far as some emotional connection and all of those things. Uh, I'm wondering if there's anything that we might be able to help put you in contact with any resources or anything else you think that, that you might need that we could help with or, or if you think you're doing all right for now. Um, I think I'm doing all right. I think I'm just taking one day at a time. Um, I mean, that's the best that I can do. I mean, I, I think anybody is just looking at what they can do right now for this day, you know, for just meals and, you know, my house is clean, <laughs> kept me <laughs> yeah. busy. So yeah, I've had, I've had, you know, some stuff to do physically, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a challenge, but I just look at, well, I don't have anywhere else I need to be, you know, no appointments. So like I can do this now, I can catch up on this or, you know, it's time for spring cleaning, yeah. <laughs> go through, get rid of all this old stuff that don't fit or, you know, and then after this whole COVID-19, I'm like, sweet, now I can upgrade and, and get new stuff or whatever I need to put back in my house and plan for next crisis moment, you know, that could occur. But this time I will plan for an emergency kit. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the MHDD Crossroads podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to like, subscribe, and share our podcast wherever you download your episodes. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at MHDD Center and visit our website, mhddcenter.org, for more resources and trainings. Until next time, thanks.